Hey everyone, we're back with an all new episode of All About Sports, the podcast. Now, last week we covered Indian badminton with one of India's top talents, Shlok Ramchandran. And this time we have a very, very interesting triathlete with us, Anuj Goradia. Now, it's a pleasure to introduce Anuj to you. Firstly, I am Azhar Gadiwala. I have my co-hosts Rishabh Krishnan, Shubham Malu and Aniket Gui as well. Now, just to introduce Anuj to you in a bit more detail and what he's achieved. So, Anuj was actually the first ever Indian to complete the Ironman 70.3. I'm going to let Anuj describe that a bit later in detail. Now, apart from being India's first ever uh, Ironman, uh, he he managed to complete it in 7 hours, 32 minutes and 17 seconds. Now, to put that into perspective, I'll just tell you what all he covered in that much time. 1.9 kilometers of swimming. 90.1 kilometers of cycling and 20.1 kilometers of running. And this is in Norway. You can imagine the conditions for an Indian athlete. We are not used to that weather. Anuj did all of this at the age of 20 back in 2014. And he finished 75th in the male category for the between the ages of 18 to 24. For all those who actually follow and understand how this works, he finished swimming in 42 minutes and 51 seconds, cycling in in three hours 39 minutes, and uh, running in two and a half hours, slightly over that. So, Anuj, firstly. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you. And uh, I'm sure many people will be very interested to know your entire story. So firstly, how was your experience of being a part of the Ironman? And uh, what uh, was it like to do it at the age of 1920 that you were? Hi, Mazar. Hi, Rishabh. Hi, Shubham and Aniket. Uh, thanks a lot for actually having me here. And thanks for the introduction. Um, it really sounded like a lot, but it's, I mean, I would say that it's, it's not that I'm challenging also as I take you through it also. So, um, I would say that ever since childhood, I've always been fascinated by endurance sports. And, uh, before, like during my early days, I was a very, very, I would say a hardcore swimmer. And I think that's where it like built up most of my stamina, although I didn't realize it being built because I was so young at that time. And then during like school sports days, we had like the standard 800 meter and 1500 meter open event. And that time me being in the seventh or eighth, we used to compete with guys in the 10th and 12th. And I used to always have a position somewhere in those races. So I knew that, um, that something has something is there through through which I like maybe enjoy the pain or like enjoy going going long basically. And although during school I used to enjoy playing football, like we've been um couple of the Marines that you all know, like there's Rahil or Shanil Patel, who had been in the BD football team with me. And there also I think my strength was just running up, up and down the field constantly. And uh, I always knew that like I like doing running, cycling, swimming, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't cycle on the roads very often because of safety reasons or I would kind of have a car behind me. So then finally, when I got a chance to like go for my studies abroad, that's when you see that actually due to maybe insurance reasons also, uh, cyclists are respected there and people take extreme caution. So then I got into it, then I like got into it on a very um, aggressive basis. And um, one of my father's friends, so he completed like a full Ironman in Cozumel, Mexico. And he finished it at age 52. And he actually, um, I've seen some footage of him. And it was a different start in Cozumel where you have to basically jump from like a cliff into the water and then start your swim. So just seeing how his, his, um, his, his footage is hearing about his experiences. And I got in touch with his coach. So um, we, we like share the same coach from, he stays in Khar Bandra. And he's actually a, um, a, he's a medical surgeon by profession. But he just was a power lifter back in the day. And uh, now he's taken up triathlon. 
so he trains athletes and like his his form of recovery is not through medicine or surgery surgery yes to an extent but he believes that the best form of recovery is through exercising um your body correctly so um that's when i began to regularly go to go, go to his his house come training center and i like decided that i also would like to do an ironman but instead of doing a full ironman i thought i'll, I'll probably start slow do like a ironman 70.3 or a, um there's a different race called a 5150 where you only cycle and bike but i thought that there's no point because of my my i would say my core strength is swimming so i should take part in the discipline as well so i just went for the long shot and thought let's try the half ironman and see how it goes so with him with support from like friends family to my various diet regimens my um i would say workout routine or sleep cycles they all um kind of supported me well and then finally things like went went well and good and uh, i think that time also i had a good amount of time on my hands because i was still a student and although i was doing my civil engineering at penn state it turned out that the first two years were not that tough in college because of um ib math and then like ib chemistry so thing things were a bit I, i had some time on my hands and i thought that let me actually put my time to use and i used to regularly go training go, go training beat in the snow beat um biking all across college and even um I, i i had like a standard bike to go from class to class and that i would use also for my workouts and then got a better bike eventually so i think the main reason was that i had time on my hands is that's why i could put in like 8 to 10 months of dedicated training and then go for the race hey are you like us and trying to make your own podcast but aren't really sure where to get started well when we first began we didn't really know how to get our podcast out there to the hundreds of different podcast platforms that's where anchor comes in Anchor is your one-stop shop for all things podcasting from start to finish. It allows you to record and edit your podcast and then when you're ready to publish, distributes it to a ton of podcasting platforms including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Once you've posted your episode, Anchor tracks listening across platforms and graphs your performance across countries, age groups and platforms. That's how we know that 4% of our listeners are in Hong Kong. If you're listening from Hong Kong right now, well, thank you. And Anchor is totally free. To get started, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's a n c h o r.fm to get started. Now back to the pod. So you know, Anuj, um firstly all of this sounds extremely very fascinating. Uh you mentioned um diet and workout and how you train and so on and so forth so when you were preparing for like these competitions how many days before uh, uh the competition would you make tweaks to your diet or what would your training look like what would your exercise look like and like you mentioned recovery also like obviously you're doing high endurance sports so in terms of recovery also what would what would your entire pattern uh, or or a day look like generally um yeah so just to kind of go go in a i would say step by step manner like from a um diet point of view um i wasn't very very i would say decisive that maybe i'm 3 weeks away from a competition let me modify my diet i would try and maintain a decently healthy diet and maybe when i get more near to competition intake more carbs and more protein and um during non competition time or during normal time it was a decently good diet but i think when i was during nearing competition my coach recommended me um i would say a couple of there was a regular um protein shake amino acids and he had this i would say very indian born amino acid made somewhere in south india where he himself knew the recipes of what used to go in, in, into the protein powder so although he did recommend me to go for the regular isopure and whey protein but this was like i would say he knew the founder of the company and he could tweak the protein shakes to his athletes 
so that was something i would start taking when i'm 3 4 months away from, from competition and um, diet point of view so i am a vegetarian but i eat eggs so it was a lot of eggs lo- lot of pasta lot of rice just to kind of get going and there were times even like on a lighter note or so during tough runs or tough bike workouts after the workout my coach would actually get me ice cream and cake because that's how much i used to kind of burn so he said you just eat what you want but kind of recover what all you lost because you don't want to lose weight and lose muscle you have to maintain that apart from diet my routine was fairly simple in the way that daily morning i used to have like a morning session in his house from 6 to 9 6 to 10 or so and this was in the summer break so i had time in my hands i used to come home get refreshed then take a evening evening nap um sorry afternoon nap from around 1 to 3 or so because i had the time i would say right now doing this with work is challenging but at least when i had the time he used to i mean even my belief was try and take as much rest as i can because i w- i would try to do a workout every day compared to every alternate day so i had to ensure i recover well in the day and 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 the night sleep as well so it was a one or two hour nap after lunch and then a 8 to 9 hour good routine at night as well and um during college i wasn't always able to maintain that with either assignments or homeworks or just social gatherings also but then i think that time um we i mean all i mean all of us were younger back then and, and, and our bodies could take that load of maybe less sleep less water or like get through it and i also had like a um club in college like it was the penn state club xc so the cross country club and the penn state triathlon club so i would see that i am being very picky about my diet and say i am at like a maybe a level of 5 on 10 but the local athletes there would not bother about their diets at all and still be a 9 on 10 or so so it would be like then it, it was more of just instinctive aggression compared to maintaining a very routine diet is there was one time and i think for four years or so even after my ironman i actually had a weighing scale with me in college like a mini weighing scale where i used to end up measuring and measuring the food or, or like weighing the food i would take so if, if i'm having like roti or so like made in india we used to kind of measure the measure the weight in grams of of, of the roti lot also to ensure that i'm taking the right amount of carbs protein and fats throughout my training so no anuj i was going to say you know barring the eating of cake and ice cream i'm not sure any of us can you know relate to what it takes to to do something you know like like the iron man because you know we're all very far away from it obviously none of us uh, other than you have done it um i want to ask you know kind of to vicariously live through you if you can talk a little bit about your experience on the day i think one what your decision was to reason for t- choosing norway why you chose to do it in norway and secondly any of your memories from the day itself you know things that you maybe found challenging things that maybe um came in the way as you were going through it i know you said swimming is your maybe your strong suit um which which of the three uh would you say is maybe the one that you struggled with the most on the day or in general uh, just to give a picture of you know the event itself um on on that day yeah so i would say that um see the the, the reason for choosing norway was that it's a summer race and uh, i thought that being my first race let me take a race where the race gradient so the the slope and the the uphills and downhills in the bike i didn't want them to be extremely challenging for me so i thought norway has a fairly flat course but turned out i was wrong actually i think seeing the elevation profile <laughs> on the website kind of um, it like i would check tricked me also and till i got to the race i then realized that it's it's not actually that 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 i would say that like it i would say that the the average gradient definitely was very real maybe a zero or like 1% or so but there were a lot of uphills and downhills so it kind of made up for it and um i would say that the like a few memories from the race was that i was very excited and we had actually gone to norway about 10 days prior to the race 
to get acclimatized to the climate there going from a tropical region to a cold region and mainly cuz my coach and me had the time to spend so normally we would go 3 days prior also but here being the summer break we went 10 days earlier and even there was challenging to actually find the right food in norway and uh, we even requested the hotel out there to allow us to use the kitchen and make food because to them they had other tribes staying out there as well but their diets and their kind of food wasn't at all similar to what an indian used to eat there and we were lucky to actually find a indian restaurant so there was a place called india gate in the town of um hogusin in norway and uh, there were a couple of um punjabi guys who were settled there in norway and uh, they understood what i needed and at that time i just needed very very simple food like this this maybe a dal makhani with no cream no spices and rice and then maybe a um simple ali ole pasta or like even a um i would say just just a boiled pasta with less sauce and no spices at all to avoid acidity and uh, that was so during the race as well um on my bike i had like at least 12 to 15 of those energy gels pasted on, onto the bike and uh, during the race i used to just grab them um chew them and then get going cuz i wasn't sure about even taking food on the go there were a couple of um, i would say local local norwegians who were offering food but i didn't know what the food was there were crackers and cheese but that also did not feel like the right choice to eat it or going a race or so maybe the europeans are okay with that but i don't think that would help 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 me so to the extent i tried eating whatever i could and i used also during the race i had a lot of dates a lot of nutella peanut butter that i kept for myself during the two transitions from swim to bike and bike to run which helped me out the most is i actually even during the race took like a different drink so they had like a i would say a protein shake being offered but i think that that like didn't did not suit my body extremely well so after like having a sip or two i immediately realized that it's not right so i immediately kind of let go of it and i think that call kind of changed the the race completely for me because even those one or two sips of that drink is why i i could not go as fast as i could during the run so normally i have done a few half marathons where i finished the race in roughly 145 to 150 or so and then you here definitely i can target a 210 or a 2 but then um i didn't have a good stomach in the race so that's why i ended up finishing in about 2 and a half hours or so but i think um overall so even though my my strength is is the swimming aspect i did not push in the swim extremely hard because during the swim if i were to push extra put in the extra effort i would gain a few spots compared to my competitors but if i put that same effort in the bike i can go a lot farther compared to them so i think that's the mentality amongst most ironman triathletes that the swim is just a formality you just need to stay with the pack and ensure that you're swimming in a straight line because although the swim is just 1.9 kilometers i swam 2.2 kilometers and even during my training from 1.9 i swam 2.8 kilometers so i did improve in the actual race but when you wear the wet suit which is compulsory in a place like norway you tend to float a lot and when you float and it's not a swimming pool where you have like a black color lane inside the pool to know where you're going so i had to kind of my my main idea in the swim was to ensure that i'm going on track and maintaining a decent pace so immediately after the swim i um spent about 20 minutes or so in transition i would have liked to spend about 5 minutes 10 minutes or so but then taking off the wet suit although i had my cycling gear inside the wet suit only but then taking out the wet suit recovering having having some having some carbs after that and especially in norway so um to avoid the cold there was a special kind of gel that i had taken for for myself being from india i think the locals did not need that it was a different kind of gel to basically not let the cold 
get in get into your body completely it's just a protective layer so that's why i spent 20 minutes in transition one and got going on to the bike so during the bike leg as well from 92 kilometers the first 35 to 45 kilometers were like on the highway itself there i kept on feeling that i have something more in me and i can go a lot faster but i thought let me kind of go a bit slow and not not like expend all my energy in the first leg because i don't know what to expect after this so i maintained a i would say not a slow pace or so but a but an average pace and even the bikes were extremely light bikes being carbon fiber bikes and i've heard like from 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 my coach only that um, my colleague's bike in Mexico, he was actually kind of moving with the wind because of how, how, how light the bikes were. And even here when I was cycling on the highway, on one side is the, on, on one side is the mountain, the other side is the valley. So I also was a, was a bit scared, scared or a bit nervous about going too fast on that day. So for the first 35 km, I did not push too much. And I think I also fell back in the pack, but I think that wasn't my goal. I mean, my goal was just to finish with, with, with a decent time also. And after that came a few hills and the hills also were, were manageable. They, they weren't too challenging. And then we kind of went through a very beautiful stretch of a couple of um, cycling right nearby, at least thousands of farms. And that was when there were farmers, their families, their kids on both sides of the road. Because in Norway, they have like a traditional bell. And they all were shouting and cheering in their local language. So that was when I thought, let me pick up the pace a bit. And then for the balance, 30-35 kilometers is when I did, I did like go a lot faster compared to my earlier pace. And then for the last again, 30-35 kilometers or so. We, we were back on the highway so I again was a bit careful because actually during the highway so unlike a um, race in India or I would say like, like the, the Tata Marathon when they block cars completely here on the highway they didn't block cars for us and they blocked only for a few hours or so that was that was why I, I wasn't too sure although I mean there they do respect cyclists and it's very common there but you never know there's a crash there's a crash so when the, there weren't any cars around me in the fields i went as fast as i could and then coming back onto the, onto the highway i again got I again got down to to like a fairly reasonable pace and uh, during i think the 75th kilometer is somewhat when i was like doing doing really bad the thing was there 90 kilometers was one loop so i didn't have to do one loop five times or so so my parents and my coach had all come and i was hoping to spot them in the race at least they've come all the way here so even to for me to see them will bring in that extra motivation that that extra push to go faster so at the 75th pm is actually when i saw my saw my parents and they also were a bit shocked or surprised to see that I've managed to come so far. And then maybe just, I would say, seeing this, seeing them smile or just seeing them cheer, gave me that last kick to get through the last 15 kilometers. And uh, um, uh, so I used to, um, I, I've been wearing cycling cleats. And they are those shoes that basically get stuck into the, into the pedal. So you get, get more power and... Uh, I wasn't used to them. I did train with them in India, but I trained with them on an empty road. Whereas here, I think being the race and the race nervousness, when I was alighting off the bike, I had to come to like a steady stop. And I didn't, un, um, I would say, remove my cleats on time. And my bike came to a pause and then I ended up falling. This was, I would say, in, in the last 100 meters or so, when everything was taken care of just entering into transition transition to, but a uh, fall is a fall. And uh, I didn't realize at, at that moment or so how, how like bad the fall is or so. I just thought there's no time to think about this. Let's just go forward, go for the next transition and get on the run. Turned out that actually I spent about 
25 minutes in transition to applying sofromycin band-aid cream and so on on my wounds and when i came out of transition to onto the run i actually realized that i was last in the race so in the in the ironmans you have like a um race marshal or, or or like a biker who's given the job of kind of maintaining the 8 and a half hour limit because if you finish after 8 and a half hours you technically finish but you aren't given a medal certificate and so on and so forth so he was right beside me and he told me that see you're like almost very close to getting um, disqualified also so i will go light on you easy on you also but i i do need to maintain my my discipline as well so i tried my best and i knew that i was bleeding on my knees and elbow but i had a i had like bandage put in place so um with his support or i actually could use the bike as like a motivation that someone's behind me pushing me to go faster then in the run they were lucky that it was a 4 km run done five times so actually i saw my coach saw saw the um saw the punjabi guys who had like helped me with, with my diet the entire last week and seeing them every every 4 km kind of got me going also and even interestingly i had made a few norwegian friends at the moment and i didn't realize that the friends i had made actually um they did not win that race but there's a different race called the norseman triathlon that's a more aggressive challenging race where actually you jump off a ship and you swim to the shore then uh, it you even cycle on extreme hard terrains and you climb a mountain and the 42 km run is a uphill run and at the peak is the finish so it turned out he was the champion of norseman for the last 3 years or so and even seeing him his wife his parents and their kids on the run because they because they they recognized who i was and that also gave me the extra kick in the run and for the first about 10 km i was going extremely easy did not push too much for the last 12 km i thought i knew that i have trained for like a i mean i have the stamina to go for 10 hours or maybe 10 plus hours or so but i hadn't particularly trained on the speed aspect So I thought that's fine. That's not an issue. My goal is to finish here on time. I don't want to finish too late or so, but I'll just keep my head down and get going. And also, one other mental or psychological aspect is that in Bombay or like in my training runs, even in marathons, I always hear music in run to get going with motivational songs. But in the Ironman, they are strict that you can't have any support. so no human support no even ipod support so and being 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 the race in norway where in certain aspects there was nobody around you at all and when you go back into downtown there's a big crowd so after leaving and before coming again into downtown was a huge challenge when there was no music anywhere and nothing to kind of cheer me on and like get going so i actually began kind of i would say mumbling songs or humming tunes to myself also to kind of take the race forward and it even turned out that at the um at the water stations they they knew that i was the only indian participant in the race so they like they, they began to play a few um a few hindi songs and they even played jai ho during the race so that also gave me that like extra push extra kick also to like get going and uh, in the last 4 5 kilometers is actually when i kind of went from last in the race to about finishing in, in the i would say last 20 so i think i finished out of roughly 2000 participants i finished at about 1980 or so which i which i would say is not great for a norwegian but good for an indian so the the local norwegians there my age could finish in fact the half hours or so but they are they kind of live that life so for them it's it's, it's a different story and the last 4 5 km were, were like the most um surreal kms of the race and even for the last about 500 meters is when my coach gave me the indian flag and having that on me also given the extra pump of motivation and that took me to the finish and upon finishing also i realized that i have a lot more in me that I, that i did not put in the race 
so i think that's the biggest learning for me that maybe should not go too easy in a race or should not go on like a very very conservative note because i think there are stories of athletes who who like collapse at the finish line but i think my finish was such that i was good to continue the entire day and did not take a nap that's a um, that that's like my entire race experience i mean massive respect man it sounds amazing yeah. that that just sounds uh, crazy on a very different level you've um, highlighted how much of a mental challenge also it is right and you have to take these small um, events during the race as motivation to go on but uh, just a small question is there um, because there is a mental aspect to every endurance sport right you have to be mentally charged for a much longer period um, than another sport so i just wanted to know if you did train specifically on that aspect um for maintaining a focus throughout 6 7 8 hours apart from your physical training um so i didn't do anything special to work on the mental aspect but what helped the most was in india i did a lot of indoor cycling on the cycling trainer and uh, today's times there are modern trainers where you can imagine yourself cycling in a city like you cycled in new york you cycled in australia and there's a screen in front of you showing who you're competing against but my coach i think had a um like on purpose had taken a very very simple trainer that would just um imitate the gradient and there was nothing to imagine around you you were facing a you, you were facing a kind of painted wall also that's about it that was a i would say mentally draining aspect because you're just putting in putting in too much power on the bike but don't know where you're going what you're doing and at times he would even take away all my senses so something to keep you going in the race is seeing your power seeing your speed tracking your pedal movement ensuring you're like maintaining that that same power you need to be at but to help me train mentally he would remove it and then it's just me with a, with like a blank wall in front cycling not knowing my speed not knowing i mean nowadays we even know know your location your place if you compete with friends but i had none of that so doing that and training on the trainer really helped me cuz in norway i had a scenic view to see always so i don't think that i think um maybe that that mental aspect came more than the run actually when my 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 legs were like extremely tired and i had to kind of um i would say mumble songs to myself to keep going but in the bike thing things were very much under control so anuj obviously everything that you mentioned about your race uh, it just sounds amazing it fills us with pride to know that you were the only indian running and with the indian flag the last 500 meters i'm sure it must have given you also all the feels uh, one thing i'd like to ask you is you're a vegetarian so um, like a lot of people say as a vegetarian uh, building muscle or doing any sort of sport can get difficult for you was there like per se any sort of problems you had being a vegetarian in terms of recovery or or like some of the other people um, you know or your friends or whoever was participating in the race as a non vegetarian uh, would there be too much of a difference or you think being a vegetarian and competing is uh, is absolutely like all right and you can compete at the at those high levels i think see definitely um i i have like during college tried a bit of non veg food and i have seen the the kind of recovery it gives you but then i could not really continue so so i then just continued with eggs only definitely in in like a veg diet it is a slightly harder also to to recover to the optimal level versus a normal chain person but it's with that said it's not impossible i mean if you put in the put in the extra mile the extra effort and you um plan your diet in the right way with a veg diet with a lot of um be it paneer um paneer tofu soya beans or in general just um other kinds of dals so like just to summarize i would say that um if i were on a non veg diet i wouldn't have gotten a better better performance it would have been been the same for me but um there is like a particular aspect like so ever since like like childhood i have been taking the um 
fish oil tablets. You all must be familiar with the sea cod tablets. Yep, and I've, yep, seen, yep. I've seen just taking them because I'm not, a, I would say, um, I would, I like do eat, um, I haven't eaten, um, had fish also, but having the fish oil to me is okay also. And that has helped me tremendously in my recovery. On days when I have like a very heavy morning routine, just having the two tablets of those before I'm during lunch does prepare me well for the next day compared to not having them. So I can imagine to someone who has unlimited amounts of those, you will recover a lot faster. And to summarize my feelings for food, if I was ever to compete in a triathlon, it would only be for the paneer makhni, dal makhni and Nutella that you mentioned. <laughs> yeah, and the ice cream and cake, man. <laughs> I, I got excited when he said ice cream and cake. That's the only reason I like going to the dentist as well. Ice cream. I, I was going to say, Godi, from transition, like vegetarian to like fish oil tablets is quite a transition because those fish oil tablets are quite strong smelling, aren't they? Like, I mean, I, I have them too, but they're pretty uh, intense smelling. They are, but I did not start them for the triathlon. I would ah. take them earlier as a kid as well. So then I stopped and then I again began in the triathlon. So it wasn't something new for me also. Gotcha. So you're kind of used to that. Used to that. Right? Yes. Exactly. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. So Anuj, I, I got to know that when you basically you were training for running 21K, you ran 21K, like the equivalent of those many kilometers just in your building garden. How many rounds was that? And how did you not go crazy? I, I, I feel like I would have gone dizzy and collapsed on the spot. How did you manage to do that? And did your building people ever say, who's this person? Has he gone mad? <laughs> no, sir. Um, I would, um, just, I would say that that was also one, one like other aspect of mental training and kind of mental fitness that when you don't have something beautiful to look at, or you want running, seeing a sunset or like seeing, seeing the waters. So although my, my building garden is, I would say not, I would say not like too small or so it's about a 250 meter track and it's a, and it's a fairly sandy track also. So it came to about 106 rounds, but I think, um, keeping, I, I feel like what really helps in like these rounds is keeping a target also. So I, um, I like, I, I have a habit of kind of placing these various, um, either a Gatorade or like a small chocolate or a date or like maybe a candy, something like that. During, um, I, I like pre-plan the, the entire event and I ensure that at round 20 at this location, I'll like get, I'll like get this sweet out and keep it going. And then at round 30, I'll get something else, round 40, something else also. So if I were to look at that, I have to do 106 sounds in one go. I also would like feel like it's it's like complete madness also, but then having those I would say small small incentives on the way is what kind of got me through. During my um Ironman time or training, I um did not do so much training in the garden also because that time I I had like the freedom going on the roads, but during the pandemic and last April May June is when I actually did it like a half marathon in in the building garden in about two hours or so and uh, that's when it like really hit me that, that like how mentally draining it is yeah just listening to it got us mentally drained you doing it physically i can't even imagine so what i wanted to ask you anuj is like obviously all this training it sounds intense and to do this day in day out it takes a lot of motivation like for any person to just join the, join the gym and be regular to the gym, it takes a lot of motivation to do something like this. I can just imagine the level of motivation you need. So was there anything specifically that motivated you or that kept you going and like specifically the days when, when you perhaps weren't feeling like it, how did you break through those barriers and what like kept you on track and kept you motivated? I think that the most important part is um, like there are a lot of, I would say gym new year resolutions made also, but I think um, what like what like got me most. I mean, I think I didn't need that motivation a lot of times because I really enjoyed doing it, and I'd been swimming as a child for at least ten plus years or so, and then running also regularly, cycling also not that regularly, but I loved cycling. So I think to me, 
I never like had a I would say feeling also before a workout that I'm not feeling like it today also, and let me take it easy. Let me not 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 like go also. And I think one very important aspect that that even counter to this is having a coach who would not tell me what I'm going to train that particular day. When I make a timetable or or like maybe a gym workout routine. you kind of have three months planned of what you plan to do so when you know what's coming up it's not too exciting but when you don't know what you don't know what's lined up today am i going to cycle swim run am i going to do it indoors outdoors that that was also like a very important part that i feel a coach played with me because right now after the ironman i haven't been training um, i haven't been i would say Going to the coach's house anymore for training? I do it myself, and uh, sometimes I make like calendars of a six um six week training program, but not always do I um due to a lack of motivation I'm I'm not able to actually maintain that at times. So I think um during the Ironman, not knowing what to expect was like the biggest motivation factor. I was gonna say so, Gody. Obviously, this is f- phenomenal. The the Norway uh, Ironman. Uh, what are your plans for? What is your next target? Is there something that you're working towards now? Any next events that you're looking for that you'd want to do, or at some point in life, maybe not in the recent future, but anything that your big aim for as your next big event that you'd want to tackle? See, I definitely want to do a couple of more half Ironmans or so, and I want to target finishing in five and a half hours. So that's my, I would say, biggest target. And then once that is through. would like to migrate to a full ironman as well and then beyond the full ironmans there are other more intensive races like there is a um race in the um sahara desert in in tanzania i, I forget the name but it's about a four day race in the desert where you have to run in the desert and there are also these ultraman events which consist of uh, Two day swim, three day three day bike, and two day run also. But I, I, I don't think I've heard a lot of podcasts of such athletes also. But I think at the moment my like main focus is to do a one more half Ironman sometime this summer break also. Maybe in June, July, August. I'm actually trying to search a search a race that I can go for. And even during the pandemic, my goal was as soon as things open up i like to go for a go for the first ironman that comes up because i knew during the pandemic a lot of people didn't have a chance to train but i had a good time and good energy in my hands to put in the effort so i was hoping to do the ironman in dubai on 31st march 21 but then i don't think i'm so prepared to do it so maybe i i will definitely do a race either somewhere in asia or in europe sometime in july august also first of all let's just address the fact that people who compete in ironman um, events are just very different my thought process is okay when i travel i'll go to this city for two days then this city for three days another two days and back home and this is the first time i <laughs> It just didn't register to me that someone would like want to cycle for two days. But that's that you. That's why they say that you know, I people who are competing in endurance events are just built different and wired different. So I have one question for you, Anuj. There is another super popular endurance uh, quote unquote sport, CrossFit. Do you think people who train CrossFit could easily migrate to an Ironman? And could people who do the Ironman migrate to CrossFit? So, since CrossFit does involve so much of weight training, um, the Ironman to CrossFit is kind of questionable. But do you think the other way is likely, considering CrossFit is also really heavy on the endurance aspect? See, you can that. just say you can just say CrossFit is shit, and no, uh, that's a perfectly reasonable answer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, because um, so. I um I have a couple of relatives who who like do a lot of CrossFit. I've also heard that um at times CrossFit is a bit dangerous for your muscles, and if you go too extreme, you tend to have a um injury for a maybe not lifetime, but sizable amount of time, maybe a quarter or like a half year or so. 
and um i think that maybe going going from a crossfit to iron man iron man to crossfit is not that that challenging for for like any i would say athlete but i think going from an iron man to crossfit is not the not not the most likely um decision path also rather one would go from an iron man to a ultra man or like those more intensive races but definitely going from crossfit to iron man is is something possible but and i would say that i think crossfit would be would be done by would be done to like maintain maintain both sides i would say like have a toned body and also do endurance but in endurance athletes i think it's only endurance i mean lot of endurance athletes when you when you see them or even or even like the world champions when you see them they are very or even marathon runners you don't know they're a marathon runner until they actually run so i think from a from like a crossfit athlete or like from a typical weight training person seeing seeing the physique the build you kind of understand that this person does this also so anuj i have uh, two questions for you one uh, is in india what do you what do you think of like the triathlon or ironman scene Uh, do you, do you feel like people are participating in stuff like this? There's a growing craze for it. Or uh, are there athletes or or people should look up to or look out for? Uh, that's one. And the second thing is, uh, okay, first you answer this question, then I'll ask you the second one because it's a follow up. When when I began training for the Ironman, there weren't too many Ironman athletes also. But I think after seeing me and a couple of more athletes finish after me because there was a race in tokyo just just after my my norway race where a lot of indian athletes ran and they finished with with really good times so after that i think um the sport of triathlon has drastically i would not say kind of exploded in the country but the pace of growth has been exponential and i think it's been very good in a in a, in pune city because there there are a couple of athletes and there's actually a, another doctor there in pune who's finished 25 ironman so far so he actually began doing full ironmans um during maybe 2008 or 9 or so and in his career he's actually done about 15, um, 25 ironman races and uh, he has a close knit circle of athletes whom he trains and all of them are aspiring to do an ironman similarly in india um in, in mumbai as well i am seeing that i think the main factor is the is the swim and the bike where the facility is not ideal also running has become a, a huge craze with the tata marathon held every year but i think i think even ironman is something or even triathlon is something where the youths are not propelled to do triathlon at a young age it just comes out of your gut or you feel that you or you feel that you're good at it so you get into it but if there were maybe academies to to like groom children to get into it it would help drastically across the country and other than pune even bangalore is a place where we are seeing that ironman has or even triathlon has picked up drastically and uh, they um, the ironman community had kept the ironman in goa in uh, 2016 17 18 but then i think due to lack of participation or extreme heat they chose to discontinue it in 2020 they had it but they cancelled due to the pandemic so let's hope they have it in 21 because that will attract foreigners to come to india and how you see foreigners training in dubai although europeans are not are not physically made to to like run run in a hot country but that's when i would say the local athletes have a level playing field with them and what i want to ask you next is uh, in terms of money like is there good money to be made in this sport and also in india because like obviously like you said it's a it's a booming sport and it's coming up are there sponsors are there sponsors willing to back athletes and and support them with the training because i imagine traveling for uh, such tournaments could be expensive and people who might not necessarily have the resources uh, are there sponsors who are who are willing to back athletes and is there good money to be made in the sport so definitely i think the swimming and running part 
are are very cost effective biking is is fairly expensive because mainly of the kind of bike you need to go for and uh, nowadays there are aero bikes aero helmets carbon fiber bikes trying to be the lightest you can be and that definitely will will certainly be expensive for, for, for like a, um any any i would say aspiring athlete to go for but the good part is that there are a lot of companies sponsoring and even if not um i haven't heard of any particular companies that are actually getting into sponsorships or so but a lot of foundations of corporate companies are um pushing athletes so i do know that there is the jsw foundation there is the aditya billa foundation and even ultra tech on their brand name as well they also sponsor athletes and and, and they and, and they push them to go like for for the way forward and uh, i would say from a i would say i'm um, surviving financially only on only on the iron man would be slightly challenging for for a regular indian compared to the kind of monies that are made in other sports especially cricket so there is a huge gap but i think um the more people push the more people go for it is when even prize monies will increase people people will be more more lured into coming to india for the race ensuring they do get a good prize money even the tata marathon from the prize money they had in 2006 to what they have now is at least up by i think 17 times more compared to what they had now um then and now so with the sport getting in um i would say getting picked up by by more budding athletes is when we'll see it, it it will get picked up more and more and even the um, something different about iron man in india is that you see people who do it after age 40 that's when you have a good um good work life balance you have a family in place and then you have the time in your hands to do this but across the world um i would say that the youth are trained to get into this at a early age they are trained to like go for the olympic or sprint triathlon and as they cross 28 29 they then migrate to the ironman so um that that trend to come to india still has i would say a couple of years to go at least 5 7 years minimum but when we arrive at that day is when we'll actually see india competing in in the global field so anuj that was actually going to be the last question that i was going to ask you to wrap up was what are indian aspirations at the olympics in uh, in the triathlon or all these track and field track events rather but mm-hmm. i think you just mentioned all of it there i think that pretty much wraps up this episode Thank you so much Anuj for your time. It gives us a huge sense of pride to have you having finished the Norway Ironman being the first Indian to do it as well at that to at a tender age of 19 20. You make us proud and I'm sure whoever's listening in and needs the motivation or wants that motivation to you know go get it and try out for these endurance events do so now. Thanks Shubham, Rishabh, Gui always a pleasure to have you. and uh, we'll be back next week with another new episode till then take care stay safe bye bye